Thank you for listening to the Writers Guild of Alberta podcasts. The following episode was recorded in 2020 as part of the WGA's online reading series, sponsored by the Rosé Foundation. The audio quality may differ from recording to recording. We want to thank the authors and hosts for their permission to share these audio-only episodes with you, and thank the Rosé Foundation again for their generous support. We are so grateful to the Writers Guild of Alberta for this wonderful opportunity. Yes. Uh, Kathy's an established, long-time writer, but writing novels is not such a common thing for you, is it, Kathy? No, it Rather new, and she's had a great success with her first novel. We're also very much expressing our appreciation to the Rosé Foundation mm -hmm. in Calgary for their support of this online reading series. And if you don't know about the Rosé Foundation, you might want to look them up because their whole background is just really wonderful mm -hmm. in terms of supporting the arts and transformational arts in Alberta and um, beyond even. So they do quite a variety of things and their founders the rosés are really exemplary of what it is to take your livelihood and put it into the support of the arts. Most wonderful. So Kathy Bartlett is a new, well, kind of new, Albertan. You've been here for several years, I guess, yes. but you started out in Ontario. She started off with in her writing career with an honors degree in English literature from Western University and did journalism. So how did you come from, from your honors degree English to writing and journalism, Kathy? Well, actually um, it involved a lot of English literature, but my degree is in journalism. It's an honors bachelor of arts in journalism. And I wrote a lot for the campus newspaper and from there. So when you graduated, did you have the sense right away that you were going to be moving around the world and writing all kinds of interesting stuff? <laughs> did you? How did you learn to be so detail-oriented? One thing I have found in this wonderful book, Destination Prairie, is just how beautifully Kathy handles her details. Uh, I think you get that just from covering different events. Um, picking up what is the story here, what is important here, and uh, because three people can go out to an event, an entirely different uh, article will come out of it. Um, I think I've just always been a detailed person. Well, at the Battle River Writing Center, which Kathy is a member of, we call her the Eagle Eye because she's really terrific on her details and on editing, and she helps all of us a lot. <laughs> Have you been part of a writing group before, Kathy? Or no, you rather solitary, I yeah. guess, in your journalism yeah. <laughs> career. Just tell us a bit about how you developed your career as a journal, because you wrote for some very, very important publications mm -hmm. in Canada, mm -hmm. and then most recently, I guess, was at the Edmonton Journal, wasn't yes. it? And for TELUS as well, mm -hmm. I understand. Yes. Well, I started out. Um, as a summer job when I was in university at the London Free Press. And then after I graduated, I went back there. Then I decided that I didn't want to spend all my life in Ontario. So I um, took a job at the Regina Leader Post. I was there for three and a half years. And then I moved on to Edmonton and Alberta in 1977. And uh, I was 
there a long time. I worked for the journal for seven and a half years, and then I uh, turned to freelance writing. And that, um, that, that really did a lot for me because you could uh, just different types of writing. And uh, some of the different types of writing that you did, I know you did quite a lot of travel writing. And as yes. I read Destination Prairie, I thought, oh, maybe part of the travel writing that you did as a journalist got you into the concept. Or I wondered if that helped you develop a concept of the, the Destination Prairie novel. It did. Um, certainly, uh, just the idea of researching, of um, looking up different areas, um, uh, different people, uh, and describing different places I've been. Also, I just read a lot. And what kind of things do you read? I, I love um, crime novels. I love anything with a mystery attached to it. I like biographies, autobiographies, history, just a lot of different things. Well, I think that shows up in some of the new work that you're interested in with John Ray, the explorer, mm -hmm. and so on, yes. which will be really fun to see more of. I understand his autobiography is just out. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's get to Destination Prairie, Two Years to a Lifetime, A Young Highlander's Journey in Her New Land. One of the things, Kathy, I've heard is that people shouldn't try and, unless they're very, very skilled, try and transverse different continents. But you've done it very well. Where does the book start? The book starts just outside of a uh, uh, little village outside of Medicine Hat. And uh, uh, Grace, the main character, is on the last leg of her journey to her new life. So... Snow, thick, heavy snow, masses of it, pelting the window in one determined thud after another, pulling me out of the bottomless sleep I had lapsed into after boarding the train in Medicine Hat only an hour before. So that's what it is, I murmured after taking a blurred glance outside and realizing there was a blizzard happening. Where on earth are we? I wondered as I pressed my face against the glass and peered into the troubled night sky. All that snow, the wind is whipping it into a blinding rage, and it's making me feel colder than I already am. I can't make out a thing. Maybe if the lights were a bit dimmer, I thought, raising my right hand to my forehead to block the glare of the lanterns perched high inside the coach. So we've had an introduction to Grace, who is coming to Medicine Hat in that small village in southern Alberta from where? Inverness in the Highlands. Quite a jump. And why yes. is she coming? Well, she's going to uh, look after her bro school teacher brother's motherless children. Well, you know, when I read the book, Kathy, I just thought, you have really centered on some unusual themes. Some themes are very common, like the, mm -hmm. the, the idea of children who've lost their mother needing a caretaker, but the whole theme and person of hired girl early in this last century is a very unusual theme for writing, I think. Is that not true? Perhaps it is. Um, I just, uh, uh, it, I think she is, a, uh, the hired girls of been a mostly forgotten uh, person. A very important person in Canadian history, but just sort of 
not regarded or not bothered about very much. So there's really a whole field for hired girls, isn't there? I, mm -hmm. I grew up rural, as you know, and I think about the hired girls that would come to our community on the farm mm -hmm. and somebody would be helping out with harvest or somebody would be helping out in childbirth. Yeah. But your settings are in small towns and then eventually ending up in the city. So yes. why did Grace, why did Grace come to Southern Alberta from the Orkneys? Uh, well, she came from Inverness. Inverness. Yes. Um, well, her um, brother, uh, her brother's wife had died the previous year. And her brother, how did he get from Inverness to Medicine Hat? Well, he, he was a school teacher. He was injured in the Great War, so he wasn't going to be able to do physical work. Um, he became a school teacher, but um, he saw an ad in the Scotsman, and uh, it said they really needed uh, teachers in the Canadian West. Um, he could advance quite quickly. He figured that he could be, you know, a larger school in a larger center within a few years. He could only dream about that in, in Scotland. And so he, um, he just felt that he would do better in Canada. So he, uh, he and his wife, and he had one small child then, they headed off. And it okay. happened, it all happened very quickly, didn't it? Yes. From the time he made his application yes. to Canada through an interesting route, I guess. And then next thing he was on the boat with his wife and his child and medicine, here they are where he settled and then had the misfortune and then Grace was needed. Maybe you have a portion to read about why Grace came. We've mentioned already about caring for the child, but just tell us a little bit about why or how the journey seemed for her. Well, she's um, she's on the train and the conductor has, uh, she's been asking him a few questions. He's answered them and then he says to her, well, let me know if I can do anything else for you. So I, I will. And thank you, I told him. Since I was almost at my destination, I gave up trying to get more sleep. Deciding instead to read the newspaper, a departing passenger left on the seat across from me. As I scanned the front page, I heard a young boy across the aisle giggle and tell his mother, she has a strange way of talking. Shush, Gregory, have you no manners at all? That's not polite, his mother said sternly, then turned to me and smiled. Pardon my son's impertinence. He hasn't heard too many people from Scotland. It is Scotland you're from, isn't it? I, I mean, yes, it is, I replied, setting off another burst from the boy. Gregory, that will be enough from you, do you hear? And whereabouts in Scotland, if I may ask? Inverness, up in the Highlands, I answered. And what brings you so far? Are you joining your parents? Not quite. My brother is meeting me at Diamond Cooley. He teaches near there. And are you going to teach as well, she asked. No, I'm going to look after his children. Ah. His wife needs some help, does she? As a matter of fact, his wife passed away last summer. He has two little girls, and it's been hard for him to manage the house and keep teaching. The neighbors have been kind, and they help when they can, but... But he needs someone in charge, the woman responded. He's lucky to have you willing to come all this way. A tiny frown puckered her eyebrows. Do you know, come to think of it, I recall your brother and his dear wife. 
such a pretty young woman, always had a smile for me when I saw her at church or the store. My husband and I live on a farm a few miles out of Diamond Cooley. That's how we knew of them. What a tragedy when your sister-in-law, Elizabeth, wasn't that her name? When Elizabeth passed away and the baby boy taken as well, we all felt so badly. I'm glad you're here to help, dear. I'll be looking for you next time I'm in the village. Now, Gregory, let's gather up our things. The train sounds like it might get going at last, and we want to be ready when we get to Diamond Cooley. You know your father does not like to be kept waiting. My name is Mrs. Taylor, Mary Taylor, and you are? She asked as she leaned across her seat to collect her son's scarf and hat. Your last name must be Sinclair. Your brother is Robert Sinclair, is he not? Yes, he is, and my name is Grace Sinclair. I managed to edge in. It was nice meeting you, I lied, happy to see the nosy woman and her rude son go away, relieved I didn't have to explain my circumstances further. Hardly anyone else's business, especially someone I met five minutes ago. Is everyone else I run into going to interrogate me like that? So we have the setting and we have Grace. Let's hear about how you develop the story in the context. What prompted you? How did you find Grace? How did you, how did she come into your consciousness? And how is it that you started to write about this particular story and this particular family? Well, actually, it all started um, at Rutherford House. I went there on an assignment. Uh, Rutherford in, House in Edmonton. In Edmonton. The home of the first premier yes. of Alberta mm -hmm. and the first president of, or chancellor of the University of yes, Alberta. Yes, he certainly was. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, and I really, really uh, liked the house. And uh, the maid's quarters upstairs had been renovated. Um, it was a lovely bedroom, her own bathroom, and her own sitting room. And I heard the staff talk about how good the Rutherfords were to their hired help. And it, it just caught my interest. And um, at first I thought I'd write sort of nonfiction about the people who worked there, but there wasn't that much information. And so then, you made somebody up. Yes. I thought I thought I could just do more, tell more of the story. Let your imagination yes. grow. Yeah. And pull in some of that journalistic background of what you had <laughs> learned across Alberta in visiting so many communities yes. about all your stories that you wrote over the years. Yeah. So from Rutherford House then, did she did Grace come to you quite full blown or did you have to do a fair amount of research in order to figure out who she was? No, um not really. Um you know, I created her character and uh um start to finish, did you did she come yes. pretty well full blown? You knew mm -hmm. where she was going to go in your novel, or did she kind of no. develop along the way? Some of it developed along the way, yes. And uh, um, also, I went to Fort Edmonton Park quite a lot, and I really liked it. And I, you know, learned a lot about the role of, like, the Hudson's Bay Company, the Orkneymen, and uh, so that all just somehow gelled. Oh, you're giving some hints about where this story is going, Kathy. <laughs> but I'd really like you to concentrate a little more for our listeners on Grace and what she did, because so much of her life is about things that were very common at the time, things like quilting and 
cooking and cleaning and incessant cleaning and yes. more cleaning <laughs> and other people getting the credit for what she was yes. doing. Her um, After just barely one year at her brother's, she's pushed out through no fault of her own. And she is sent to another town to work for a, just a cheerless couple. Well, Bashaw, yes, Central um, Alberta. Yeah. And may I hasten to add that all the people from Bashaw aren't like that. They're actually very wonderful <laughs> people, warm and wonderful. <laughs> They've got a great theater there, yes, lots of things going yes. on. So yes. how Bashaw? How did she get to Bashaw? Well, she took the train. She took and, the train, uh, but the reasons, maybe. Well, it was um, uh, her brother, his domestic situation changed. I don't want to give away too much no. of the plot, but things changed for him, and she finds herself just quite ejected. And uh, uh, Grace's um, uh, new sister-in-law, uh, her mother, knows a woman in a little village outside of Bashaw who needs a new hired girl, and so. She's, uh, Grace is very upset. She came to Canada to basically be a housekeeper and nanny for her brother. And instead, she's hired girl for someone she doesn't even know. It's really curious, I think, how she is so full of herself in a, such a good, whole, young woman way mm -hmm. when she's in Scotland and she interacts with her friend about that. And then she and her friend develop, her friend, Phoebe, is it? Phoebe, yes. They develop this long-distance relationship further, a friendship further through letters and the story yes. unfolds through the letters, which are very, very nice. But that young woman, as I read it, has lots of forces that tend to push her down. Yes. Does she become discouraged? She she does, but she is so resilient. And uh, just a, a feisty person resilient, um, just knows that, well, what she has to do day to day, but she keeps her head above water, you know. Seems and, that she encounters some real cultural clashes. Oh, yes. One set of cultural values and rules in Scotland, and then she gets to small town Alberta, where you'd think that people in the pioneer era or the early settler era mm -hmm. would be very cooperative and supportive, we certainly have that myth about the helpfulness, mm -hmm. and yet she runs into some people who really want to take it out of her rather than yeah. support her. So yeah. that class distinction yes. in early last century Alberta comes through rather sharply. It does. Did it you does. plan to do that? I think it is very sharp the way you've done um, that. I didn't set out to, but just it just evolved. First of all, with the character of the the person she's working for, and uh, you know, it's small town, very gossipy. Um, the uh, the new people she's working for, it's a, a doctor and his wife, and this woman is not going to let anyone forget for a minute that her husband is the doctor in town or one of them. And there's that distinction, certainly. It's curious how. No matter what Grace does for that woman, she gets picked on and yes. ridiculed and her own work is yes. devalued or made of no consequence. Yes. And yet it becomes this story of a 
I don't want to give it away either, but a woman who really is an overcoming person in yes. very difficult circumstances, mm -hmm. despite what's happening to her. Well, Kathy, I really love one of the things about your work is the way you bring these images of the quilting and the cooking and the cleaning so yes. centrally <laughs> into your work. And I thought when I read, reread your book about how the quilting is such a... Um, um, symbol really of relationships in communities and of course women quilted and maybe mm -hmm. men did too I don't know but it was such a part of prairie settler life yes. and you get that sense of all the different colors in the patchwork of the print of the quilt as well as in the relationships that she mm -hmm. encounters yes yes and and she's a very skilled needle worker and she loves stitching and uh um you know, it's that sort of where she loses herself. You know, she can forget the day's troubles, the day's trials, and uh, just in uh, um, just uh, the things that she really enjoys. And and a needle and thread, really, and she's very she's threading her own life together yes. in many ways as she is yes. threading the pieces of the quilt and the stitchery mm -hmm. yeah and cooking too and gardening comes mm -hmm. into your work yes gardening uh um and um the about the rhubarb and that sort of thing what about yeah. the rhubarb i love um, the part of the rhubarb <laughs> i i really loved it because i could i love rhubarb and i could just see those little rhubarb plants yes. growing early mm -hmm. in the spring and mm -hmm. she spots them and again the rhubarb as they grow become part for self-growth and development and overcoming right. doesn't it well at, um when she is working for the you know unfriendly couple um She's out pegging out the wash and then bringing it in one day. And she sees what she thinks is a rhubarb patch. And she goes over and she's really happy to see it. There was rhubarb at her brother's teacherage. And also it reminds her of in Scotland, grandmother had a uh, rhubarb patch in, in, her, um, uh, in her garden. So, um, so... One day, um, one afternoon, a few weeks later, when Mrs. M was out at yet another meeting. And Mrs. M is the doctor's yes, wife. Yes, Mrs. McDonald. Uh, the temperance women or whatever. I harvested an armful of bright red stalks, hurrying back into the house to stir the chicken stew bubbling on top of the stove. Mine stew doesn't burn, Mrs. M had called out as she headed off. Add a bit more broth in an hour or so and add it slowly so it doesn't splash over onto the floor. We just cleaned yesterday. I cleaned yesterday. It was more like it. You sat and drank, I don't know how many cups of tea, because your arm was aching. The rain brought your rheumatism on, so you said. And remember, Dr. McDonald has his Mason's meeting this evening, so we will have to have dinner on the table in good time. I will have to have dinner on the table in good time, I thought but said, yes, Mrs. McDonald, adding under my breath, and I will have a surprise for you, as I took the pastry board down from the top cupboard and searched through the drawer underneath for the rolling pin. Dusting both lightly with flour, I rolled out the pastry dough I had made earlier and stowed in the ice box in a dampened tea cloth. Next, I lined a small pie pan with the dough and turned my attention to the bundle of rhubarb stashed in the bread bin, 
at the bottom of the bank of drawers under the kitchen counter. Within minutes, a plump rhubarb tart was baking in the oven. The impromptu dessert went over well, after a while, that is. And what might this be? Mrs. MacDonald inquired as I set two plates, each bearing a good-sized slice of pastry on the table. It is rhubarb tart, with rhubarb from your own garden, Mrs. MacDonald. The crumb cake we were to have seemed a bit stale. So you took it upon yourself to make something else without asking, Mrs. MacDonald replied. And suppose the doctor and I do not care for rhubarb, she asked, her cheeks flushing as she dealt out each word more sharply than the one before. Oh, leave it be, Dorothy, said her husband, who had already pulled one of the dessert plates over and was well into his portion. You know, you know very well we both like rhubarb, and this is delicious. Please bring me more, Grace, which I did, hurrying to the kitchen in a daze. So we're just barely into the book and we're getting a sense of who Grace is and some of her difficulties. How would you say that she moved from Bashaw then to where she's going next? Well, there's um, a fire at the house and uh, the, you know, she, um, the McDonald's want her to uh, maybe uh, come back and work when the house is rebuilt. However, uh, she's not having that. She really does get control of her life at this point. And she asks someone she likes and knows in the village to, you know, find her another job, which is what, what happens. So, Kathy Bartlett, you have obviously taken a great deal of wonderful control in your life as a writer. And you, too, know somewhat about discouragement. I understand that when you first drafted this book and submitted it for publication, it didn't, wasn't accepted. But then, now here we have the book, and how did all of that happen? Well, uh, actually, yes, I, I was discouraged. And uh, then uh, a little over two years ago, when it was Poetry Month, uh, Battle River Writing Center, we had a poetry workshop. And uh, we asked Ashish Gupta and his wife, Shwapna, to come to it. and From Bayou Publishing. Bayou, yeah, mm -hmm. Arts of Calgary. And uh, uh, Ashish is a much-published poet. And, and uh, author of many things, yes. publisher of many, many books worldwide, yes. actually. Yes. And he, uh, uh, we were asked to write either uh, send, bring a poem that we liked or to write one and uh, send it in beforehand. So I happened to write one and uh, uh, he certainly liked it. And uh, he felt the, uh, it captured feelings very well. And then when we were at supper afterwards, it came out that he had uh, worked in Orkney for, for a while. Oh, I didn't realize that. And um, so, uh, and there's an Orkney connection in the book. So I, um, I sent him a synopsis of the manuscript of the novel and he asked to see the whole manuscript and they said they wanted to publish it. And they really didn't change anything, did no, they? 
you know, they like so that. very encouraging for others of you who are writers out there. Maybe you have to write once or twice or three times and try those publishers, but eventually mm -hmm. it works out if you've yeah. got a story there. And we really have to be so thankful that we've got Bayou Arts Publishing oh, yeah. in mm -hmm. Alberta and how wonderful they've been at publishing a variety of Alberta work for sure. Yes. And right mm -hmm. now they're doing the book on the COVID poetry, right. I guess. Yeah. So other people that encouraged you, how did the writers group help oh. you along? I remember some of that. I oh. guess I, well, you very have. much so. Um, I'd come to writing room and I would bring a page or two and read it out. And, and we just thought it was wonderful and encouraged mm -hmm. her to keep going. So your success, Kathy, really is something that makes all of us in the writing group at Battle yeah. River Writing Center so glad. But you've been getting really good feedback from other places, New Zealand mm -hmm. and South America and all kinds of places yes. for your book. So <laughs> I think you're a bit surprised by your own success, are you? I think so, yes. yes. <laughs> so we come a, a certain direction now in the evolution of grace in Alberta. Uh, where do you want to go next with her? Well, I thought it end off just uh, when she ends up in um, in Edmonton, and uh, she uh, just through a friend of her new employer's, uh, who's the friend's daughter is a public health nurse, and uh, needs an assistant one afternoon. So Grace goes off to a reserve with her, and. While there, she, an indigenous reserve. Yes, mm -hmm. and while there, she um, meets a young Aboriginal woman who later on goes on to become a very close friend. But the first time, she is at the friend at the young woman's grandmother's house because the grandmother has a sore on her ankle, so the nurse wants to have a look and see how she's doing. Well, the grandmother uh, sends um, both the girls off to her room to um, find her another pair of socks. So while Iris, that's the young Aboriginal woman, while Iris rooted around in one of the drawers of her grandmother's dresser, I surveyed the objects scattered here and there on top of the dresser, a comb and brush set with a hand mirror, a brooch and a few hair ribbons. Oh, here's a good pair, Iris said, pulling two gray woolen socks out of the drawer. Grandma likes these ones. Let's go and give them to her. As I followed Iris out of the room, something on top of the dresser caught my eye. A small leather pouch adorned with dark pink and red beadwork. That looks familiar, I thought. Now, where have I seen that before? Oh, I love this part of the book, Kathy. <laughs> I think all your readers must too. It, it's so lovely the way you have interfaced the the indigenous life and the first people of our country or are part of Canada along with the settler role and then the newcomer with the East Indian, Dr. Gupta, publishing your book. <laughs> it's a really lovely coming together. And part of reading your book got me interested in Mr. Rutherford and his role as Premier of Alberta, the first <laughs> one, and then the president of the year, chancellor mm. of the university. And I was just so taken because he, from early on, like turn of the century last, 
was very supportive of Indigenous people and even in his lawyer role. Mm -hmm. He took on Indigenous cases, which was so rare at that time yes, when lawyers were discouraged, from, yes. which is a, a shameful thing. But the way you have laced the various cultures together mm -hmm. is never patronizing, nor is it ever staged or trite mm -hmm. or cliche. It just moves into the yeah. wonderful relationships that people of different groups can have together. Yes. Yes, and it was unusual um, at the time for um, a city, a city woman, to, you know, to have uh, an Aboriginal friend, uh, um, because at that time um, there weren't very many Aboriginal people in in Edmonton, and this young lady doesn't live in Edmonton, so it was unusual that she got to meet her. The exploration of a friendship. And then so interesting. I never thought about it till this moment that she had her Phoebe friend in Scotland, mm -hmm. and then she was really, really without Grace was really without friends in yes. Alberta. Close now there's friends. a new friend, Iris, who is indigenous, yeah, which is a lovely thing, isn't yes. it? The they, mutuality, yes, they both really were her closest friends throughout her life, and uh. Like there were acquaintances, um, other hired girls in Edmonton, um, but nobody who, you know, just was a real confident, uh, as close as, as they were. So. When we first became acquainted with Kathy as a writer and with her destination, Prairie, some of us thought, oh, my goodness, she has, you have a trilogy happening <laughs> and you weren't so sure, were you? No, I wasn't. But tell us what's happening now. Well, Something so delicious. I started a sequel uh, to Destination Prairie. And uh, it's in the early stages um, that it carries on. Um, most of the, the same people are back in different roles, different uh, situations. What's really very, very interesting about your first book, Kathy, because with a trilogy or with two books together, sometimes people will read the second or the third first. And mm -hmm. I know that anyone reading your second or third book will want to read the first one. Mm -hmm. And really, in essence, probably without your planning it, the first book has become such a fabulous introduction Mm -hmm. to a whole rich unfolding of lives and stories and families yes. coming together and so on. Yes. So we can learn a lot about Alberta as well as character development, about geography, how setting plays. Mm -hmm. How do you find writing the second one now that you've had this wonderful boost and confidence <laughs> from doing the first one? I'm, I'm liking it. Um, it's... Uh... It's a challenge to to maintain it, but I I am enjoying it, and it's from a different person's viewpoint that Grace is certainly major in it, and other people from Destination Prairie. Are. And can you find the third one already starting to be born? Um, no, that's a little further. A little off. further away. Oh get well, we'll keep prodding you. I'm sure <laughs> your readers will as oh, well. Oh yes, <laughs> and you said that New Zealand. Uh, the book was appreciated there in South America yes. just because you oh. wouldn't necessarily think 
maybe New Zealand, yes, being Commonwealth country, mm. but South America, that's a that's well, very my, rich. My youngest sister um, lives there. Mm -hmm. She uh, she's uh, uh, teaches and uh, she lives in Colombia, and she's been there for a long time. And uh, I don't get to see her very often. Um, plus, she's quite a bit younger than I am. Um, but she, uh, at Christmas time, I sent all my three sisters uh, the book. And uh, she emailed me in January to say that she really enjoyed it and that she learned so much about Canada, about Alberta at that time. And uh, then my sister-in-law... Uh, also really liked it, and uh, she lives in Oshawa, and uh, she requested that the regional library get it. So. Oh, that's good. So we haven't talked about marketing and distribution. It's mm -hmm. something that we could do, but we're coming to the end of our time. Mm -hmm. Kathy, thank you really so much well, for being part of the Writers Guild of Alberta online reading series, and be sure listeners, followers to take in the series. There's another one coming up after Kathy. I think there are 12 in the whole series. Uh, Isn't yes, that yeah, true? 12. Yeah. So, and they've done about six or seven now, I guess. Yeah. So we're really getting into it. What a wonderful resource to have here in the province, mm -hmm. our Writers Guild of Alberta. And we say thanks again to the Rosé Foundation and to all the people who have helped Put this together mm -hmm. at the Writers Guild of Alberta. I know it takes time, takes effort, takes imagination to put these things that get Alberta writing into the hearts and lives of Albertans. New writers, established writers, people who don't write at all but just really like to read stories. My name is Jane Ross and it has been a great pleasure and privilege for me to participate in this series. And I wish each one of you well. And Kathy, we wish you well. And we look forward to that second yes. book and to your third. And goodness, we've got your poetry in Poems from Life as It Happens. Uh, you're taking on a lot of things. Um, this is Destination Prairie is available. It's available on Amazon. It's available through Chapters Indigo. And you can request it at your local bookstore. And you have a website, right? Yes. Yes, it's on Google. So. And you see Kathy's name there on the screen. Mm -hmm. It's just Kathy Bartlett at um, it's your uh, website. Yeah, uh, sites, Google. If you just type my name in, it'll, it'll come, come up. up. Good enough. So. Well, thanks again to the Writers Guild of Alberta. And we wish you well, all the very best, and keep reading and writing.